On today's episode, Jesse and I are joined by our good friend, Roy Dockery. He's come back to talk with us about what the church still needs to talk about. I hope you're ready. Let's get into it. All right, we are back. It is Faith Chair Friday. It's actually Friday, and we are recording this podcast, so it just flows. Faith Chair Friday. It all works. It's like we could put it in a wrap if we wanted to. But Jesse's hair is looking good. We're good to go. Our guest, on the other hand, I might have to fly to uh, D.C. And, and, and give him, hook his lines up real quick. <laughs> well, I'm cutting all this off. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, you cut it all off? I've been lazy. I've been bald for like a couple months. <laughs> That's the way to go. Um, <laughs> uh, but we are joined today. Jesse and I have the dubious honor of being joined by uh, the man himself, Pastor Reverend Bishop Potentate uh, Pontius Maximus uh, Roy Dockery is with us today. So excited to have him. And um, we're going to get into some some topics. Roy is great at just shooting from the hip. And um, um, we're going to talk about what still needs, to, for the church, what still needs to be on the table as a topic. What should never come off the table. And I know, like, um, um, if you don't know who Roy Dockery is and, and you didn't hear him last season, uh, please go check him out. He's got, how many videos did you just record? Um, I, like I said, last like seven months, it's over 300 videos, on, over my, 300 uh, videos. on my YouTube channel. And even my audio podcast has over 70 episodes. So it's over a lot you, of, you need a life, Roy. You need a, a life. <laughs> I'm about to get a light. I'm about to, you know, I'm about to retire. Shoot. Let the residuals, just let the residuals. Right, it's like, I have, I have poured right. out all that I have to pour. I've made my contribution to the world. Peace. Okay. I'm retiring. You got to go peak. use that I'm pool. going out like Barry Sanders at my right. peak. Have, you been, in your, have you been in your pool yet? I went swimming once, bro. <laughs> I went swimming, you know, I, I swam once. <laughs> well, that's that right pool. there. <laughs> there you go. So, um... Just to catch up, just let the people know what you've been doing before we get into what we're going to talk about. What's been going on since season two um, of the Faith Chair? What's been going on in Roy Dockery's life since then? Um, yeah, man, like I said, a lot of content still building out the Patreon community, right? We got like a little uh, Discord, you know, channel popping off, a lot of conversation. Really? There, um, and a lot of a lot of intimacy um, as far as like prayer and we're sharing books and music and podcast recommendations. So a very um, intimate community that kind of spread out um, or that, that kind of pivoted from, um, from the Patreon, but yeah, man, making, you know, just doing YouTube videos um, largely on content, just questions and concerns that people have in their lives. Right. I kind of, I went away from the news. I got tired of dealing with the news. Um, so I went away from that and now just um, deal with the things that, that God brings about, man. And personally, like, you know, launched the legal aid clinic here in North oh. Carolina. So that's been um, popping, providing legal support to people about to bring on a second attorney um, and serving people in the community with, you know, tagline is the the hope of a, the hope of an attorney um, or the help of an attorney and the hope of Jesus Christ. So just serving the community, man. And, um and, you know, and, and trying to, trying to stay active in, in making less YouTube content is my, my late, my, my latest, uh, <laughs> proclamation because i need time to do other things man but other than that it's been good man community's been growing people have been engaging 
a lot of my mentees are doing their YouTube thing and building their organization. So it's been a, it's been a, it's been a blessed 2021 despite the Delta variant. So, you know, we still, it's been crazy. How, how are things in, um, in your neck of the woods? Like are, are people masking, vaccinating there? Are they like, no, I'm not doing it. Forget all that. This is America. I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, so I live in North Carolina, so it's kind of split, right? Because North Carolina is still relatively segregated. Um, For sure. So a lot of white people in North Carolina in a certain economic class are anti-mask. For sure. So if you go to, like, Walmart and Home Depot, ain't no mask. If you go to, like, Harris Teeter or Lowe's, which is, like, the more upper grocery store. That's the target. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, my neighborhood mask you know what right. i'm saying like right, right. you know so it's yeah and, it, and it, it's ideological man but there's a lot of the evangelical kind of um conservative segment down here right that's this is persecution right mm-hmm. there were anti-mask rallies in north carolina right so um so that's still that Crazy. sentiment is still there and it's continuing um yeah. like I, I my matter of fact my uh my pulmonology nurse this morning told me that there was uh there was somebody that went to like a school board meeting Mm-hmm. It was like reading from the Bible saying that masks were like from Satan. And she got like a standing ovation at a school board meeting from the attendees who was like, and she was like, this lady was using the Bible out of context. Like, and she, the lady claimed she was a nurse <laughs> and on. she was like, uh, and then a, a doctor, like a surgeon stood up and gave facts about the virus in the Delta variant. And they were like, she was like, the only person that clapped was his wife. Oh my God. So, <laughs> That's that's where we sit, right? So there's an ideological divide, but um, yeah, but where I live, <laughs> we good. Um, right, 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 right. In right. other counties, yeah, people aren't vaccinated and they aren't wearing masks, so it's gonna get really weird, right? They we don't start school here until after Labor Day, for sure. So the schools are where you know, and you see these conversations in Florida and Texas. Right. That's where the big kind of discussion is, right? Like, what are they gonna do in school? So some counties are saying masks, some counties are not saying masks. My kids are homeschooled, so it don't matter. Uh, so, but uh, that's you know, I, I thank my, I thank God for my wife. We started homeschooling our kids like ten years ago, so none of this has had anything. Oh, dope, dope. On us, but, um, but yeah, man. So that's where it is. It's it's kind of split, man. It's a little, it's a little bit of both, man. You can you can literally drive five miles and come across an area where nobody's wearing a mask anywhere. Right. So yeah, that's crazy. I just found out. Uh... <laughs> About the Florida man me, uh, meme. I don't know if they're memes, but you can just, you go online and you type your birthday in and say Florida man, and it tells you what a Florida man has done on your birthday. Um, <laughs> something stupid like a Florida man um, found out he had Delta variant, made a bunch of food, took it to the movie theater to share it with people. You know, just dumb stuff <laughs> like that. So it sounds like... Uh, there's a Florida man in every state. People just doing whatever the heck they want to do when it comes when it comes to this. Um, but let's get into it. What for the for the church? Because we are all church people. We in we in the church. Um, what topics do not need to come off the table as we move forward? Um, we are we are just. It seems like we're still on the heels of everything that happened in 2020. 
But it also seems like people are super fast to want to stop talking about it, to want to forget it. But yet, we still remember 9-11. Nobody's ever going to forget that. We're, all, we're always going to bring that up. Never forget uh, it. Never, never forget every it. Every year. Yeah. So what topic should stay on the table as we're moving forward? Um, this will probably be a relatively unpopular opinion, but I don't care. Uh, yeah. White supremacy shouldn't come off the table. For sure. And in a lot of spaces, it needs to go on the table because yeah. people will talk about, and I talk about all the time, like racism is a side effect, not a disease. Mm-hmm. Right. So people in, will talk about racism in the church, but they won't talk about white supremacy. Right. And this is black churches, white churches, right? right. Any churches like America was built to a standard of a, ma- of a majority population. Right. That that's represented in its laws and its culture and the way that it functions and what it treats as like the best people in the country. Right. Mm-hmm. Like gentrification is kind of defined as middle-class white standards. Like when your neighborhood gets gentrified, they're trying to make it comfortable for middle-class white people. Right. Right. Like that's white supremacy in itself. Like why, you know, why, why does it have to be a middle-class white neighborhood? Is there something, is there intrinsically less value in a Mm -hmm. middle-class black neighborhood or a middle-class Hispanic neighborhood or a middle-class Asian neighborhood, but you never see communities getting gentrified. Like I live in an upper middle-class black neighborhood. Like, most of my neighbors are black. Like, what's right. wrong with what the standard that we live by? Where, if it, if a neighborhood was getting gentrified, you wouldn't be assuming that it was like black people with money. It has to be white oh, people with money, right? But just in that, like, we don't talk about those things in the church, and they impact so many aspects of life, yeah. right? I mean, from our worship to the liturgy of service, right to the the way that we choose the outreach, right, the supremacist tone that we take to our missions trips. Like, mm-hmm. oh, let us go take our style of living and For go sure. and post it on people that don't want it because we think our style of living is best, right? Like, missionaries account for why Native Americans are alcoholics and why people in, you know, on islands have diabetes because we go on missionary trips and take them Coca-Cola. Right. And, and they wind up with health issues, right? Or we, you know, we teach Native Americans to make alcohol and fry bread. And then now they all have health issues. So it's like, but we're, we take our, we take our our expectations, right. And then we convey it on people. And I think we don't realize in America, how much of that is kind of rooted in like, like in a, like a nationalistic American white supremacy that Mm -hmm. we kind of paint as just American. And it's not American. Like it's, it's the, it's the white majority population in the way that we try to convey that on people. And it's, horrible we do it and we do it in our missions we do it when we try to reach out to other communities right it's like oh look at that community that doesn't live the way that we live like yeah. you should come to my church yeah. why <laughs> right? right like you like there's even like a supremacist standard you have for you know how you do communion or the fact that you got a starbucks and another church doesn't right so like you try to drive those standards but it's so intricate into so many systems in America that when the church doesn't talk about it, then Christians don't talk about it and acknowledge it and try to deconstruct it, right? Like if the church had paid as much attention anytime in the last 50 years to white supremacy that it's paid to critical race theory in the last six months, Mm. a lot of white people in this country would have a greater understanding of what minorities talk about when they talk about racism, right? Like yeah. I've been asked so many questions on critical race theory, but I've never had white Christians ask me about white supremacy. But then I asked them, 
do you know what it is? And none of them can tell me what it is. Yeah. So you can't define what I'm fighting. Right. <laughs> yet right, you tell right, me right. I shouldn't be fighting it, but yet I have to be able to define the Black Lives Matter movement, Marxism, critical race theory, and any other like boogie boogeyman technique that's kind of thrown out there. So I think if the church understood white supremacy, it could it could actively work to deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. and deconstruct it from the nationalistic faith of American Christians to deconstruct it from American culture, right? To deconstruct it from some people's racial identity. Yeah. And then we would get more uniformity, right? Like when you look at um, Michael Emerson, who wrote Divided by Faith, right? They keep doing research. And they were like, in the last four years, the church has actually grown further away when it comes to like racial issues, like yeah. more than it was 20 or 30 years ago. So now like, and especially, and this is when you're talking, they, they do research on Christians. Mm-hmm. Like Christians are now farther apart on, on what like black people consider to be a race issue and what white people consider to be a race issue. And I think that's because the church, right? I think black people are becoming more aware of systemic racism of yeah. institutional racism, right? Of of structural racism, environmental racism, economic racism. And then mm-hmm. like white people who the the churches are focusing on individual salvation and personal righteousness, right? So we ignore all of the systemic things. They're just like, "Oh, those are all individual problems," right? So now you're you kind of look down upon black people who point at institutional stuff and you create a bigger chasm which is is ide- you know I mean it's identifiably separating the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. right? Like you have people who will literally tell you you are not Christian if you vote Democratic, right? Right? Like you got you see what I'm saying? Like we're that, but we don't we don't try to deconstruct that. So I think that's one thing because that hits politics, it hits racism, it hits everything. Like if the church took concerted effort um, to deconstruct white, black churches and white churches. Cause I've been mm-hmm. in black churches that don't understand white supremacy and systemic racism either. Yeah. They just, they talk about the, the, the side effects, right? The personal attacks, the discrimination, um, not the systemic stuff around it. But I think the church needs to lead in that, right? Like there's no other institution, right? Other than like a bunch of Marxist <laughs> liberal organizations that I don't want to associate with, right? right that's really trying to do any work to deconstruct white supremacy. And Robert Long, who wrote the book, um, White Too Long, he wrote another book. He's a white evangelical like researcher who wrote all these books on white supremacy, trying to bring attention to it. And that dude has less Instagram followers than I do. Like he gets no love, but he's done the work. Like he got receipts to show it. So like people like that, right? Being accepted into the church to talk about the issues so that we can put them on the table and address them and not keep hiding them. Well, we can't have we, an entire population that ignores a reality for another group of people and then think we're going to build the body of Christ. Like it's just you not got him, happen. you got him and this is a white guy you said. Yeah. And then you got then you got Vody Bakum yep. who's like saying, "No. Let's not talk about critical race theory because this is what critical race theory is and we should not talk about it." And that's, and you know what? And then fine. Then don't talk about critical race theory. Talk about white supremacy.
right? Because people have not, Robert Robert Long did research right. on white supremacy that right. has nothing to do with critical race theory. It's not using the academic um, research structure of critical theory to evaluate race and social structures. Not doing mm -hmm. that. He's mm -hmm. Michael Emerson wrote Divided by Faith, which is a book that touches on white supremacy in the church. There are white people who've already done this research that contradict what Vody Bachman says about black people in the role of black people in the church. But like when you get when you get a black person to say the same thing that white people want to hear, which is that white supremacy isn't really a problem and systemic racism is a myth. Bruh. And like they keep getting money to keep regurgitating it on a pulpit, even Bruh. though they're yeah. a very small portion. Like anyone else, like it's crazy, right? I listen to economics. I listen to psychologists, right? Like mm. no one in no one with any <laughs> academic prowess anywhere says that systemic racism doesn't exist. Not in economics, not in finance, not in healthcare. <laughs> right. Every research study every ever done objectively shows they that racism, discrimination, sexism, misogyny right. exists in America, but only in Christianity where we'll have somebody like, none of those things are real with no data, right? Citing some obscure study from Thomas Sowell mm. when every, every existing economic professor at Yale and Harvard and, and you know, Northwestern and UCSF today would tell you <laughs> that there's definitive proof of systemic racism, of institutional racism, of the yeah. financial and generational impacts of discrimination. Like it's all there, but like we don't, but we won't put that on the table, right? Because we keep skipping over the disease. Yeah. Right? Like nobody wants to talk about white supremacy. Deconstruct white supremacy, figure out what ties it has, what connections it has in families, in structures, in your church, in the in your outlook. Right. There's white supremacist outlooks in black people. Mm -hmm. Right. Colorism mm -hmm. is rooted mm -hmm. in white supremacy. Right. Preferences on hairstyle and yeah. textures of hair is rooted in white supremacy and colonization. Right. Eurocentrism, ethnocentrism, like it's all there. So it's mm -hmm. like when you can deconstruct that stuff and start to pick it out, like and then lead as the way that we're supposed to as Christians. Right. And be a light and be able to have genuine differences and have an identity that's rooted in Christ, that's not polluted by culturalism, nationalism, and like supremacist ideologies, mm -hmm. like that's when you start to have unification. But the church keeps, like the church will get close to it and then it finds something else to talk about, right? So like yeah. what happened last year? Everybody started talking about race and then what the conversation become about? Black Lives Matter being an LGBTQ organization and that critical race theory is Marxist. Right. So, so now the responsibility is on right. like four black people at Black Lives Matter, not the NAACP that's existed since the 1900s doing civil rights reform. Right. You know, not the poor people's campaign that's existed since Martin Luther King was assassinated or the Rainbow Coalition with Jesse Jackson. The Black Lives Matter is seven years old. Mm -hmm. My daughter is older than Black Lives Matter, both of them. <laughs> but like yeah. now that's the central focus, right? And that, that's what everybody's got to come after an attack, but it's a distraction to not deal with the issue. We were getting to some of the roots, right? People mm -hmm. started, you know, and now they're like, oh, critical race theory. No, they just want to talk about the history of white supremacy in America, right? Like, do you want to talk about the institutions? You want to talk about slavery? You want to talk about discrimination and redlining and real things that happen? And now wanting to talk about any of that historical stuff is being categorized as critical race theory when it's I not. 
My question is, <laughs> where is where is Jesus in all that? Like and, they're they're not. What? How does that promote love? How does that promote actually going out there and being the hands and feet of Jesus for people who are marginalized, who are oppressed, who are ostracized, um, who who have been made to feel less than, people who are poor, people who are distressed, who are depressed. How are we touching and being a light, being a light to them when these other issues, um, they, and I think, feel like these issues encompass all those people. Yeah. But because we don't talk about them, we fail to actually uh, appropriate what we're learning into our everyday lives as far as who Jesus was, what he did, and how we're supposed to do that. Yeah, and that's what you see in the way that Jesus acted, right? Like, mm -hmm. Jesus, like, you know, and um, what is it? Um, Howard uh, Thurman? Or Howard Thurman, he wrote the book, Jesus and the Disinherited. Mm -hmm. and in his book, he I was like, heard that Jesus, Jesus was always around the, the the disinherited, the disenfranchised, the prisoners in the, you know, like, even if you think about the tax collectors, yeah. the tax collectors were despised people in their own culture, right? Like, they were not the people who were liked. They weren't, like, he didn't hang around the majority. Like, Jesus mm -hmm. always hung around the minority, like, the mm -hmm. people who were in the margins um, to kind of show that, like, everybody was fit for the kingdom of God, not just people you know, who could talk lofty words and pray out loud and speak all of these languages and go into the temple and have all their tassels and were, you know, adorned yeah. properly on the outside, but inside were, were tombs, right? Like, um, like that was Jesus's thing, but we don't do that, right? So like, we have a tradition, like the cultural Christianity in America has become pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and not Matthew 25, 40, do unto the least of these as if they were me, right? Like, American Christianity doesn't say consider other people more significant than yourself. Wow. It doesn't. It says your religion and your relationship with God is all about you and Jesus, and that's it. Mm -hmm. So what's happening to my neighbor is irrelevant, even though Jesus said the greatest commandments are to love God and to love your neighbor. So I, I remember, okay. and I said this to somebody, and they, they thought it was like blasphemous. I said, like, as a Christian, right, like, I have employees of all different lifestyles, right? Lesbians, home, you know, homosexual males. Mm -hmm. um, tran I've had transgendered employees. Mm -hmm. I have, you know what I mean? Jewish employees, Sikh employees, Muslim employees, Christian employees, agnostic employees, atheist employees. But I love everybody that works for me, right? Mm -hmm. I love everybody that God has put in my life. So I said, why would I want policies, right? From a, from a, from a government perspective, that would be hostile towards people who work for me that I love. Like, right. Like I want you to, I'm like, my Bible tells me I'm supposed to be persecuted. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not vying for my own comfort, but if I'm going to vote, I'm going to vote with love that the people who I know who are working to take care of themselves, to mm -hmm. love their loved ones, right. And to do things in their community that the government, which is supposed to be pursuing. And my wife was like, Romans was listening to Romans 13 today while she was cleaning up. Right. Like we're supposed to, you know, supposed to follow the government because God put them in place to basically check bad people. Right. Right. So it's like not to not to purvey some kind of sense of moral legislation, but right. right. The government is supposed to be the sword against the evil, not right. not the mechanism for good. The church is supposed to be the mechanism for good. So like 
So when, you know, like, I don't want the government to be legislated in a way where its job is to hurt people for mm -hmm. things that aren't like illegal, right? Like that, that not for murder and drug trafficking and all of that other stuff, but I want my morality to be legally imposed on you, which removes faith from the equation and turns the entire country into a legalistic religious society. And we saw how that worked, right? Like right. the most violent time in human history was the was the was the medieval like the middle ages and that's when the government was run by the church right it like was, that like it was the killing judge, every day killing was like what was the priests when they would boil you right to see that if you did if i if i set you on fire and you burn that's because that's because god wasn't with you that's right like that that's what happens when you let priests run the government right mm -hmm. like that's that's not that wasn't God's design, right? And so you you know you see that transition, but yeah, man, it's it's a lot, and it's just frustrating to me because like I I see Christians trying to use every mechanism possible to avoid what we're supposed to believe in, which is that our life is supposed to be uncomfortable as Christians. We want everybody else to be uncomfortable with our convictions, yeah. so we want to make everybody else uncomfortable when yeah. we're the ones supposed to be hated. We're the ones that are supposed to be persecuted because, you know, Jesus said they will hate you because they hated me. Right. Like we're, the, the world isn't supposed to love us. So, like, I don't like so I don't I don't expect it to. Right. I expect yeah. the world to not like me because it's it's not my like I've got another kingdom that I belong to. Right. Like I'm an enemy <laughs> against your kingdom. You're not supposed to like me like I'm here trying to steal people out of your kingdom. You're not supposed to like me. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But, yeah, but it, like it's that that friendliness, right? And that's where you see that that vie in the politics and the in the push where you know again we try to use systems for our benefit. Um, that you know what I mean in in kind of perverse ways. To be honest, that's yeah. not what God told us to do. So what, yeah. Jess? You got something? <clears throat> yeah, I was just gonna say like yeah. For me, I think it's uh, it's the attitude of supremacy. Period like white supremacy, the supremacy of the church as, like you said, governing a moral authority of a nation, the supremacy of America versus all, like all Everybody of these else. things have, have infected the, the, the Western church, the American church. And, and as you pointed out so many times, Tommy, and, and I actually have a section in, in my book that talks about rulership versus servanthood and how Jesus modeled us to be servants and not the rulership pushes people away and servanthood draws them. Right. And yeah. so like the church has just gotten it wrong because we're trying to rule everything. And, mm -hmm. and that comes from more than just white supremacy It's just an attitude in America, the individual, the supremacy of the individual is, mm -hmm. is affecting our Christian walk. White supremacy is affecting the, the testimony and the work of the church. The supremacy of America has infected the church. Like it, it's just, is this idea of like Jesus gave up supremacy right. to become a servant and we're trying to reverse the process. Right. And, and it's just, we, the church needs to talk about and, and disassociate itself from supremacy period, because all of it, all of it causes us to be rulers instead of servants and that it's impossible to live out or represent Christ who came to be a servant and the gospel uh, which was God's service of reconciliation to us um, from an attitude of supremacy. And so mm -hmm. I think, 
yeah, it, it, for me, it's even broader than even just whites. I think that the issue of the idea and the teachings and the attitudes of, of being supreme over anyone or anything is toxic to the gospel. That's and that right. needs to be dealt with right. across the board in the church. And it's, and, and I love what you said, because like American supremacy is hilarious, right? Like I've been, I've got to travel all over the world and I always come back and I'll be like, why do we think this is the greatest country in the world? For sure. Like, have you been to Singapore? Like, For sure. You know what I mean? Like, have you been to China lately? Like, to Hong Kong? Like, have you been uh -huh. to Italy? Like, I don't, I don't know why you think this country is so great. And most people who say that have never left here. Right. So right. how do you even have a concept of what great is when you've never experienced anything else, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's all, um, it's all kind of archetypal in what we've been taught. And Jesse, like, and, and, and I'll take it even to even simplify it, right? Like, I love the, like, that is the original sin, right? Like the original sin is wanting to know good and evil for ourselves, right? right? Like, and that's what supremacy is. Supremacy is saying this is better than that. This is good. Yeah. That is bad, right? Not following God's truth, not allowing God's absolute truth to dictate what's good, what's bad, what's, what's righteous, what's unrighteous, According right? According to us. my standard. Yeah, it was it was us right. wanting to have our own knowledge, right? That's and then right. what did we do, right? We instead of being servants of God and following His command and His direction, we wanted to be rulers, right? Like we, and now what did He say? Like we'll be like God, mm -hmm. right? Like we can demand. And what was the first thing that happened, right? Put enmity between man and woman, right? And then, um, and I forgot whose book I was reading, man. It might have been, um, it might have been uh, my man Jerome Gaze, but he was like, we don't even understand. The, this like we people don't understand the significance of the fact that men started like God gave man dominion to name the creatures of the earth. God never gave man dominion to name man. Hey, Faith Chair family, as we continue to bring songs to you from local artists in the Pacific Northwest, we are excited to share the song. It's yours by our very own Tommy Niblack. You hear the first part of the song here, and we'll wrap up the second half of the song later on in the podcast. Enjoy. Everything I am, oh, everything 
He started calling, and this is the manifest destiny, right? And all the stuff that was yeah. done around colonization. When we started calling God's creatures savages, right? Like that's Barbara, how you justified genocide yep. against the Native Americans. You called them savages, right? That's like right. you justified the dehumanization of African Americans by calling them slaves. You justified the um, the genocide of of you know Jewish people in you know in, in Nazi Germany by calling them devils and you know mm -hmm. what I mean and all types of animals and so and I had never thought about that before but I'm like man like right like you start otherizing humans mm -hmm. in that dominion to say like this type of human is good and even though they look like us they're not us and I'm going to give them another name that's bad that's right and that's something completely out of alignment right we're all made in the image of God we're the Imago Dei it wasn't we're made in the image of God if we're of a certain hue height you know eye color hair color, whatever, but we started doing that, which drives, right, that drives this supremacy, but it's mm -hmm. the standard of what's good, right? Arianism is, this is good. This standard is good. It's superior. Everything else is inferior, Yeah. right? And then you don't, and mixing with it dilutes the significance of this purity, so then you justify killing people that are different because you don't want to dilute this good, right? Like this yeah. good yeah. standard. What, what you've yeah. deemed as good. What you exactly right, but that's, that's the first thing that we did when right. we said it. they had it and we thought it was good, but then yeah. we've just continued down that same path. And to your point, Jesse, in different point in different ages and in different societies, supremacy all, always rises. Right? You look at the Middle East. There's supremacy from a right. If you're not Shiite in this area, that's right. If you don't follow these rules, you get killed. Right? Like if you go to China, if you don't abide by this, and you're a Montagnard who wants to celebrate Jesus and Vietnam, you'll get killed, right? Mm -hmm. Like there, where somebody always raises a standard within a culture mm -hmm. that is that is antithetical to what God's standard for good is, mm -hmm. right? And then we do atrocious things in comparison to that standard. And what happens is the majority of society just allows it, right? Right. So if if we agree on the standard overall, okay, well that's good. Then right, even look at what we allow to be done to prisoners now. Why? Because we deem them to be bad. Mm -hmm. So they're bad. We don't care that they have horrible housing. We don't care that there's rampant sexual assault, drug use that where, you know, most of the people we're locking up have mental health problems yeah. and addictions. We don't care, right? Because they're bad people. So even now in our society that's considered to be civilized, there's a standard, right, of what we think is good. And then we tend to disregard what happens to the people that that we, we think that bad. we allow to fall into that bad category. Right. 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 And, and of course, like uh, uh, wow. I bring up a lot. There's a there's this comedian. I think it was uh, Brad Stein, and he said one uh, one time in one of his shows, he said, you know, the he's like the great thing about Christianity, and he's like the reason that I believe in Christianity um, is because uh, Christ and God through Scripture calls us to every standard that is contrary to our natural mm -hmm. like state. Thank you. He's like, no, no human being would ever invent this because Thank everything you. that he expects of us is the opposite of what mm -hmm. our natural tendency is. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you, and, and that's why, that's why I think it's so important that the church, and I love what you said at the beginning, Roy, like some churches need to keep it on the table and some never even put it on the table and they need to put it on the table. Right. Is, is, yeah, is just this, because it's going towards our natural defaults this mm -hmm. the adversarial systems that are designed the world system our flesh 
its natural default is to rank and create hierarchies and protect us and demonize them because that's the only way human society works. That's the only way government can work. Like, and, and, and we have to recognize that that automatically means that it's contradictory to God's system, Mm -hmm. God's government, God's purpose, God's heart, because we should be doing the exact opposite. We should be focusing on those who are, that we identify as less than inferior bad whatever those are the ones who we should be serving those are the ones we should be pouring our heart out and our life out to serve and 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 we have to understand that like we we have to understand that we have to flip the script um and not just go along with this natural tendency to separate divide and rank Um, we do it in every aspect of our life every aspect of society from the brands right why do people why do people buy one brand of, of, of shoe over another brand of shoe? It's not based on any reality of what's better, what's going to help your posture. You know, you got you got kids walking duck duck build down the street because they don't want to crease their Air Force Ones because somebody in a rap video said that that was bad. Like, it's right. just craziness, right? right? It's craziness. And, uh, and I think that we just, as the church, we need to recognize how involved we've gotten in the world system of of ranking dividing yeah um uh, you know denomination we've done denominations right oh, north yeah. versus south liberal versus conservative republican every, versus democrat white versus right? black like, all of it because boxes are right because we're we're lazy and you know boxes what i mean are and I easier think, right. yeah and i think we've like and even right you just talk about like you know neurological paths right and like you know cognitive psychology right like i feel like we've just evolved to putting people in the easiest box we can for sure. Because then I don't work. have to do any more research, right? Like right. I can look at Jesse and be like, Jesse's got a beard, kind of right. Like you don't kind of look racist, and you know what I mean. You live in the Northwest, so I can put Jesse in like a Christian, maybe slightly liberal box, right? Like Tommy right. from from Philly, right? Like that's what we do. Like we right. look at people and we try with as little information as possible to categorize them in a in a in a in a category. We try to put them in a compartment that we're comfortable with or we try to classify them as something we don't want to associate with, right? right? So like if Jesse had a tattoo on his face, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, it engages and had dye in his beard, right? My brain would automatically be like, yeah, he probably over here somewhere, right? Like, it's not somebody I would normally interact with where the, like you said, Jesse, the God in me, you know what I mean? Like my, my, and we teach our kids this, man. And it is so simple yet so complicated to consider others more significant than yourself. Yeah. Like that is such a basic thing, right? But that means everybody you encounter is huge. You need to treat them like they're better than you, which is wonderful in America because we all think very highly of ourselves. We're very arrogant people. So, right? Like, so whatever you feel about yourself, like you got to treat somebody better than that. So the the way that you want to be served, you got to treat somebody better than that. The way that you want to be talked to and perceived, you don't want to be judged. You don't want to be discriminated against. Then, then don't do that to other people, right? Like I hate yeah. being stereotyped. Right. So like I, I've got to overcome that desire walking around North Carolina with a bunch of people who don't want to wear a mask wearing camouflage to assume you're not a Trump supporter, right? Like right. I just yeah. feel like you got a pickup truck outside with a MAGA 2020 sticker 
in the back window. But that's right. I'm See, not, my wife wants me to get a pickup truck, and that's why I don't want to get a pickup truck. <laughs> like, I'm like you, you're trying to me. I'm like you're trying to get me to fit into a stereotype that I don't want to fit into. You can never wear nothing camouflage if you wear a pickup truck. Everybody never. Yeah, you can't have a pickup truck. Can't wear nothing <laughs> camouflage. But and like you said, in our natural inclination, like those are the things we have to overcome and say, you know what? No, I wouldn't normally hang around you. No, you're not somebody I would normally speak to. No, you're mm-hmm. not the kind of p- people that are in my social circle. Right. But like I have to engage with you because I have a desire to show you the love of Christ, See? regardless of who you are or what you look like or what your affiliation is. Like, I'm going to go out of my way to make sure that like I ca- I try to connect with you because that's what. That's what my God requires of me. Right. Not ask. Right. He requires, he requires. it. Like, I've got to love you. Right. Regardless of what, I, I got to love you if you're racist. I got to mm-hmm. love you if you're Catholic. I got to love mm-hmm. you if you're atheist. I got to love you mm-hmm. if you're Muslim. Right. Don't, that, that, that's not conditional, right? Like, it's not, that's just, it's not innate. It's not natural within the human being to do that. And which is oh. why Jesus, I love how Jesus said, and Jesse can tell you, I, this is me going to my broken record. Uh, <laughs> status, but uh, when Jesus told the disciples, look, you see how they lord their authority over the people. And then he turned to them and said, but that's not how it's supposed to be among yeah, those of yeah. you who follow who follow among me. Among you, it will be different. Among you will be different. And that's that whole, he wrecked the whole supremacy thing right there. Yeah. This is not about elitism. This is not about you being your standard. This is my standard. I have set the example for you to follow this is what I want you to follow. Don't do that. And essentially, he said, don't do that. Don't be like that. And um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so difficult to, um, uh, not difficult. You'd be hard-pressed going into a place that that is the norm, going into a, a faith-based community where that is the norm, where they're teaching people to be selfless. You know what I'm saying? Because it all, it all goes back to so live for what you want. This is America. Get your get your dream on. You know what I'm saying? You can have anything you want. You can be anything you want. Do you? Really? We're believers. We're in a completely different category. Um, it's all about the like I Paul said, I I I am literally decreasing so that he can so that he can increase. That's yeah. not just so that he can increase, but so that he can increase through us as we're walking our daily lives, interacting with people. Um, and if we're doing that, then people will see, well, this Jesus is real because this dude is not thinking thinking of himself. Then They're not going to say this, but we aren't thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I love we're the fact that, it. like, if there was one group of people, right, in human history who had a legitimate claim to a, a supremacy, Right, it would be the Jewish people. And actual, like, hey, we're God's chosen right, right. people. Nobody yeah. else is God's. We're God's chosen people. And then Jesus comes in, and he blows that up, and basically like opens it up to the to the Gentiles. So like, the one group in history that may have actually had a legitimate had claim, a claim, right? That was like, <laughs> like and then he came and was like, who was the good man like, in this nah. situation? Everybody, yeah, exactly. Like, the Samaritan, you know what I mean? Like, got me over here saying that these half breed Samaritans is the one, right? Right, the good yeah. person, like just salty Jesus, face. You know Jesus what I mean? was like, dope. Yeah. Oh, was oh, dope. yeah. And then, and then the Roman centurion had the most faith that he found yeah. in all of Israel, right? You know, you know, with some Sadducees and Pharisees standing here, like, did he just 
Is he right. Right. Yes, he's talking to you. He's talking right, 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 right. Yeah. He called you a brood of vipers. Like, That's right. And like, that was right about when they were like, how are we going to kill this dude? <laughs> like, you know what? That was right about when the planet, because yeah, I never noticed that in the Gospels. Like, they repeatedly talk about, like, and like, they got together and plotted. Like, they began, they're, they're like, how right. like, we, we got to come up with the plan now. now. Like, we got yep. to take them out now. And you know, it's funny, because they was like, because at first they was like, he might be the Messiah. When he started right. all of that, you got to serve. And right. Last, everybody was like, "Nah, I don't think this right. is what the prophecy said." Like, right. we need yeah. to, this dude yeah. tripping, man. Because the yeah. miracles were dope. The miracles yeah. were like, "Oh, he could use that against Caesar. Yeah. He could overthrow Rome with that." That exactly. oh, that wine one. Okay, okay. Yeah, so count, that money and everything. They were like, "If we get stabbed when we fighting, he can heal us. If we right. get killed by the Romans, <laughs> right. resurrection. You know what I'm saying? If the water dirty, clean it. Like we." We good, right. and then he was like, "Yeah, uh, if somebody hits you, you got to turn the other cheek. If somebody steals something from you, they like, hold up, hold up. We still gonna have to be oppressed, right? Like, right? We're the supreme, yeah. right? To yeah. your point, yeah. Jesse, like, nah, like we're God's chosen. Like, we supposed to rule. <laughs> Everybody's supposed to be under our foot. And Jesus is like, the greatest amongst you will be your servant. Your servant. They like, we ain't trying to serve nobody. He got to go. Yeah. Like, you know, what yeah. I'm and, yeah. and where's your kingdom again? It's not here." <laughs> They oh, tried yeah. everything. They were right. like, um, so what if taxes? Taxes. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh Sabbath. They they I mean that was it. That was an impeachment situation right, right there on right. Jesus. They're they right. like, okay, forget it. Just pay some people to lie in court. Just, right. just do that. Like get yeah, some fake witnesses. Exactly. We'll take them in front of Pilate and then you know. So this is like isn't what it Jesse crazy said, that this is the, the same the same thing, thing that happens today? Same That's the crazy thing. thing is like human nature has not changed, right? The Bible says nothing new under the sun because human nature is human nature. So even yeah. though the expression changes over time and now we, 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 uh, you know, cancel people via social media instead of stoning them, <laughs> instead of right. Or, or, you yeah, know, right. yeah. It, right. The, the methods change, but the, the, where it comes from in our flesh is just, we were just talking right. about this yesterday. Like the, 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 the dogged, defense of dogma mm -hmm. um that we that has been like uncovered in the last 18 months where you just see like you 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 put the plain facts right in someone's face and they will just deny it yeah. and you just <laughs> and you just you realize right. that like people were now conditioned to not even to just i can't even conceptualize something outside of my frame my belief system uh my dogma <laughs> um people Jesse. just won't even see it and that's uh that's that's i think one of the dangerous places where the church is because if if there's one thing that we know from from research from trends and all that is that the coming generations are increasingly questioning the dogma of the church right and as the church continues to doggedly defend it instead of actually questioning it they're be they're removing themselves farther and farther away from each of these successful generations right yeah. yeah, becoming becoming irrelevant and 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 the gospel no longer reaching um, these generations and and that's that's why I think it has to be on the table. It has to be being dealt with. Right. We have to be able to examine these things, take off our supremacy, and and recognize that that we have failures, we have wrong ideas, we have false doctrines, um, we have very poor expressions even of the doctrines and theologies that are biblical that we claim to believe in but don't live out all of these things are i think absolutely necessary and that's not even for the next season of the church i mean that's not like, even new that's 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 been people have had poor expressions of of the gospel 
centuries and centuries ago, there was a group of people that um, uh, Eusebius talked about. Um, their name literally translated into poor people who have a poor understanding. <laughs> and they and, and they were Christians. Yeah. They were they were blasted Christians. But I, I I like what you said, Jesse, because um it reminded me of what uh when Jesus was asked, you know, what's the what what is the greatest commandment? Um he was being berated with questions and and his answer was uh that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul. Str- He's he said mind and strength. But I think we as Christians have inadvertently subtracted that mind part <laughs> yeah. from what he said. And we, yep. we got the strength, we got the soul, we, and we got the heart down. We love him very well in that manner. Yeah. But we don't use our minds to show how much we love. We don't ask, like you said, we don't ask questions. We don't actually think about these things. Paul said, come to, Paul was like, yo, why don't you come together and, and just reason, meaning ask questions of each other dig search look up go yeah. go talk to people you know what i'm saying see if you can find some some of those scrolls see if you can find firsthand um information go sit and talk with the person that they're claiming wrote this particular scroll go go find them uh yeah. but we don't we don't take the extra step to go um and find out if what we're hearing that- is right because that's what supremacy does. Supremacy right. says I don't have to have a conversation. I don't have to. Supremacy have says to. I'm I'm right. I'm, I'm better. Yeah, and I don't have I don't have to go talk good. to anyone. I don't have to. Inc- I don't have to experience right. anyone. I don't have to question my belief. And that's that's the real. That, and, and that's why I said like across the board, the church <laughs> needs to deal with the attitude of supremacy, because it's so anti-Christian, so anti-biblical. It just it cuts any of that off. Investigation, question, compassion, service. It cuts all of that out. Everything Christ came to teach us, it cuts it all off at the at the knee. And the and the funny thing is, is that when you talk about right, when you, you talk about that limitation, like everything that we've done, like with a denomination, right? So you you have people who who act like you know John Calvin is Christ, you know what I'm saying? For or sure. Martin Luther, right? So like but these men had a finite span of existence, right? They had a finite amount of knowledge and information, but yet like there are people who like, if you go outside of the, the, the five solas, right? Like, like you are, you are damned. Absolutely. Right. So it's almost like what we do in that, you know, to, to Tommy and Jesse, what you were saying, like they're, they're supposed to be this, like I have these shirts that are, um, that are in my merch and they just say my mind, my heart. And it's like the shape of a heart, but half of it looks like a brain. Right. So it's yeah. like because like God's, you know what I mean? Like we're supposed to have a mind like Christ and a heart. Right. Let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. And that's we're supposed right. to be working on the transformation of our heart. Yeah. Right. Because, you know, we're trying to have a heart of stone that's converted into a heart of flesh. So it's mm-hmm. like we should have a mind and a heart. So like our actions, the way that we think, the way that we process information, it shouldn't just be memorization and regurgitation. But like the mind evolves, right? Like the the amount of information that you have, like when you're doing research, the tools you have to do research advance the ability of that research, right? right. Like the quality of information that you have, the the wisdom that you gain, the experiences that you have. So you have people that that won't even, that don't even over time go back and look experientially of things that God has brought them to and then 
read, you know, look at the Bible through that context, right? Or like you said, get to know somebody that has a disability, that gets to know a immigrant that was brought into the country illegally by their mother, right? Like, That's right. And it's like, I have a unique understanding of immigrants. My father is an immigrant, right? My mm -hmm. family's Jamaican, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know what my grandmother had to do to get her children here, but I also understand the kind of mentality that they gave to an immigrant. But I also right. have a friend who was brought into America when he was like two years old and didn't know he didn't have a social security number until he wow. tried to do his first job. Wow. And luckily, that's when Obama was in office and he became a dreamer, right? And still here, gainfully employed, works in the community, doing outreach for at-risk youth and trying to minimize gang violence in Colorado Springs, so right? Dope. So it's like knowing those things too, right? When you start reading about the refugee and the immigrant, like it puts it into perspective, but a lot of people, one, um, to Jesse's point, like we're not trying to learn anything new, right? Like we're so dogmatic about whatever spiritual conclusions we came to when we were like 12 or 13. And then we just try to hold those religiously. Right, yeah. because religion does not change, it becomes dogmatic, right. right? And then people walk away from religion, then religions die and new ones have to be born. Mm -hmm. That's why I was just reading an article today on like how the Catholic church is dying, right? And wow. people are trying to bring back traditional Latin mass, what? right? Because they wanna go back to like serious church because it got too fruity and then everybody left. And But like, there's all of these, this vying where like, both of you are married, right? Like. Like, um, and I tell people all the time, like the same way that I don't argue or debate the reality of why I love my wife, mm -hmm. is why I will never argue and debate the reality of why I love Jesus. Right. Right. Like I love my relationship with Jesus is just as real to me as my relationship with my wife. Right? right. And if I told you I love my wife, nobody would argue with me and tell me I was insane. So if I tell you I love Jesus, because the reality is my why relationship. Why am I insane for that? My, but my, <laughs> my, my, your relationship with your wife transforms you as a person. Mm -hmm. Right, it, it should. It should better. Yeah. <laughs> right. you know I mean, good or bad, you even right. become worse right. or better. Um, right, right, because being in close relationship with somebody that you commune with in that way, right, and this this is the same thing that happens with the spirit of God, right? Like you either face that conviction and it drives you to change, yeah, or you get left to a reprobate mind state. <laughs> mm -hmm. And here's the second half of "It's Yours" by our very own Tommy Nibbler.
to switch gears real quick, um, in the in the time that we have, I feel like you just talking about relationships set up this next question that I have. Before we hit record, we were talking about um, community and people not being in 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 in, in community like, like they should. With the coming generation and how prevalent virtual relationships are within, what do you think will be the key as far as the churches and what our what our our mandate to to be the body, you know, fitly joined together and um, and all that that Paul talked about and and actually Jesus Jesus' whole thing. I'm building my church on the rock that. I'm the Christ, the son of the living God, and you guys are going to be in community, and from there, you're going to go and spread uh, everything about who I am. How is that going to look? Like, what do you think some practical steps are for the next generation that are literally being brought up? Somebody said uh, to me last night that I have a, a nephew that only knows, he's just born, like, in 2020, he's only ever seen people in masks. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I never thought about that. I was like, there's babies coming up right now <laughs> that are experiencing just a whole slew of people just wearing masks. And the generation before them, most of their relationships are happening virtually. And they don't know how to sit with each other and, and just talk and have relationships. So what is the, what's the church going to look like? When these people come into it, we're talking about a little bit, and I know because Roy, you're so widely read, so I know, I know you know this because there's been there's been research in in articles being written recently, and it, it talks about how because of the the level of connectivity and technology the kids are growing up with today, their brains are simply wired differently mm-hmm. than any generation before. If you grow up learning that, like I, I keep. I used this a lot recently, a couple of months ago, we had uh, one of uh, my wife's cousins over and her little son, who's like four. And he goes down there and, and they're distracting him because he watches music videos and stuff on YouTube. He grabs the phone that my wife is, is casting the TV and he's voice commanding Siri to pull up his favorite YouTube videos at four. And yeah. I was, and I had this realization. I was like, dude, it's not even about like touchscreen stuff for them. Right, right, right. It's like voice command. And what that does is their brain is wired completely differently. And so we were talking about how, uh, you know, some friends of ours through the pandemic pressed into having a completely online church, Uh, similar to what you have Roy with the, with uh, Patreon, right? Like we don't gather in person. We're actually doing this digitally. And the reality is like a lot of kids growing up today, they hang out with their friends, yeah, but they also engage in a lot of virtual relationship because instead of going out and hanging out with their friends, they're playing Call of Duty online live with their friends. And so the, it, I think one of the things that, and this is another great thing that the church needs to have on the table, is to understand that the nature of community is changing. Yeah. And, and it's because peop, these these generations are growing up with a wiring that's different than ours. So where that community would not satisfy our needs for community because we're wired differently, for sure. it can satisfy their need for community just because they that is what they have grown up with and they're wired that way. And so they're not missing anything, whereas mm-hmm. we feel like there's something missing. But for them, there's nothing missing. 
You know? right, like, and so it's like, I, th- I think that's something the church is going to have to understand is the nature of the community is going to change. Uh, not for everybody and not everywhere, but that's something we have to be aware of because, again, we can't have a supremacy of model that that causes us to no longer even try to serve that group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think for me, right, like, and it's funny, right? Cause like, I'm so like, I work in technology, I work in robotics and automation, like the kind of robots that take people's jobs. Like, I love it, right? Like <laughs> I love automation and all that. Like, I, cause I'm a technology person. I have been since I was like 11 years old. Um, but the, the one thing that, that I think we have to be, to be mindful of is like, there's learning styles, there's way that people access information. There's even the way that we socialize, but like God created us right for fellowship with one another and god created us for physical intimacy with other people right like they're like a hug has psychological and physiological responses to it right you right. know what i'm saying like like so and that doesn't change i don't care who you are right, right. I don't care how right. much time right. you spend on the internet right there are things that are innately in our body and i think um like jesse i think to your point one of the problems is is that the church has not functioned as a community for a long time. The church has functioned as a Sunday service. <laughs> right. That was, an, you know what I mean? Like the church has functioned as an event, right? right? It was a Sunday yeah. event and there might be a Wednesday event. There might be a youth event. So the church functioned as an event center and people came there for events. And now to your point, we don't really want to leave the house all the time to go to an event. Right. Like I have a huge TV in my house, in my Mm -hmm. own recliners. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, like, so movie night, which is Friday night in my house, movie night is in my house. You know how much snacks cost? One dollar. Right. Like (laughs) how much popcorn costs? I don't know. The kernels come in a big bucket. My wife cooks it on the stove. Like, but like even that, right? Like we watched, um, you know, we, we, we used to, because we were that family. We would go to the movies like every week, every other week. Yeah, like virtually, like we now we like that being on demand. We like pausing if somebody get late, somebody got to run to the bathroom. You stop it. A lot of our so like a lot of our events, right? I did the uh, Tobe Nwigwe, um virtual concert tour the year before that. I was VIP at Tobe's tour in Philadelphia. Right, right, like, but like I'm fine watching a concert online. I don't like mm-hmm. being in a room crowded around with people and somebody stepping on my shoes. You know what I'm saying? Right, like. Right, right. Like, right. and so there's some stuff that, to your point, I think from an event perspective, we're just going to substitute events. Like a lot of young people are involved in online communities, but that generation also still has the highest level of anxiety and depression than we've ever seen. True. So because it's it's only fulfilling like a portion of that connection. Um, and then they and because they don't have a genuine community, they're missing some of the other parts of it. Mm-hmm. And what I think the church needs to do is it needs to evolve into being a community, mm-hmm. not an event center, right? Like if you look in Acts, the church grew out of an existing community. Yeah. There were Christians that created a church. Now we build the church and just expect Christians to show up to the yeah. event center, yeah. Yeah. right? Like, I talk about all the time, like people always say like, hey, we want to be a New Testament church. I'm like, uh, they met daily. <laughs> and not even right. that. Right. Were, right. Like, are you are you sure that's really that's what right. you want to be? You really right. want to be a new church? Your church is in a strip mall in a commercial right. property. Your church is next to Walmart because right. you want three thousand members. Your church that's is right. off the highway. 
your church isn't even in a community anymore. That's right. It's no longer right? in the so community. Like people got to commute. You know, most people drive 15 to 20 minutes now to go to church. That's right. When I grew up, we walked to church. I had two grandmothers that lived 15 minutes apart from each other. They both, my, my grandmother on my Jamaica side of the family was Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. My grandmother on my mother's side of the family descended from Slope. She was Baptist. And I we I could literally walk to both of their churches from either one of their houses, and I could walk from one grandmother's house to the other one. Wow. And right, they both went to churches in their community that were within walking distance, and we probably went to church four days a week. And that church was that community. Now churches have become commercial properties, right? They can only meet in the gym because it's a church plant, and it's on Sunday morning, and you know what I mean? It may be a Wednesday, but the mm-hmm. church has to get back to it being the body, not a wow. physical mm-hmm. building or an institution or a nonprofit or a corporation. The church needs to be a body because like, and like I said, cause people are always like, well, how do you deal with like social activities and stuff like that? You don't want your kids to be antisocial. Why would my kids be antisocial just cause they don't go to school. Mm-hmm. I live in a neighborhood full of children. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so like the only, like we only do forced socialization. That's like people like at right. my job are like, man, I haven't really talked to anybody. Really? I have never talked to my neighbors this much. Right. Cause I work, you know what I mean? I used to travel 75% of the time, but now being home when I go get the mail, I'm talking to my neighbors saying what's up. Cause that like, you, you know what I mean? Cause it's a community. Right. And like, that doesn't happen. Like we've lost that in the church. The church became an event center. Right. And yeah. people show up for events in the new age of technology, virtual stuff. People not going to show up for an event. Yeah, they're just not like that. They, they'll 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 stream it. They'll watch it. They're going to do it from the comfort of their own home where they can, you know, they can control time. They don't have to travel. They ain't got to get the kids ready. That's right. But the community aspect of it, I think, is what the church needs to focus on. Right. Like in that my entire ministry at my church is everything outside of the church. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for nothing in the building. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'm like, I don't want, I don't, cause I don't really want to be in here. Yeah. Right. Like I don't want I people you. focusing their time on being in here. Cause like none of us live, like I live 20 minutes from my church. Some people live 30 minutes from my church. Mm-hmm. So like I've got a neighbor who goes to my church who lives two doors down from me. That's never been in my house. Yeah. And like, we keep inviting them. We like, come over. I'm like, what is wrong with people? Like, why don't we fellowship anymore? Like, there's like four they're, families they're not that go to my that. church that watch right. me preach, bruh, that live in my development that have never been to my house. And mm-hmm. not, as not, not because you haven't invited them, but not because they're just like... Just because they don't, we why? don't do that anymore, right? Like, right. that's it's like, oh, I'll see you at church. Like, you live right there. Why are we going right, to be right, 20 yeah. minutes away? Yeah. Right. Let's meet like you said pool, earlier, right? it's just about checking checking the spiritual box, right? So it's not even about... It's not even about the the community, Yo. and and that's partly because and that's the fellowship, how the yeah. church has taught. You know, to your to the earlier point, actually, it reminded me of something I read recently, talking about how culture has to shift, right? Community. Uh, I read that it takes at least thirty seconds for a hug to have its full physiological and emotional impact. Thirty. I think what we talked about. Most people that. feel awkward after like five seconds, right? Right. Yeah. Like when's the last that. time you just like embraced a brother mm-hmm. and like just held him and was like hey man i'm there for you listen i ain't gonna lie there's a dude this big african dude uh like he's huge i hadn't seen him in a long time saw him at a restaurant i was going to pick up some food and this he's a notorious hugger yeah and i kid you not when i hugged this dude after not seeing him for a long time i literally was like i'm just gonna stay right here 
I literally was like, I'm just, I just held him. He was like, yeah. And he, he, he loves that. So I texted him. I was like, bro, I didn't want you to stop hugging me. I told my wife, she was like, are you, what's wrong with you? I was like, babe, I'm telling you, his hugs are dope. You got to hug him. That's good to hug. Our old church, right. we had a, there was a, there was not everybody. You had to be in the in group with this, but there was a, there was a group of us who knew each other well enough to where our greeting was butt slaps. Like that's another level. It's another level. It was no handshakes, no hug. It was like, like I was on the team. My, yeah, my best friend who's the best man in my I mean when I used to mess with because he would he'd slap and then lift. And I'm like, no, bro, there's no there's no lift with the with the slap. That's <laughs> no, that's no. slap. That's too much intimacy, bro. Like I'm not comfortable with that. Flag on the plate. Flag on the plate. You don't, you know, you slap. You know what I mean? When you start getting the grip of the hands a little bit or a lift. <laughs> That's sexual assault. That ain't come right, right, right. there. That's you report him. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's the point. The point being, like, we're we've become increasingly uncomfortable with, with what touch. the intimacy uh, that community requires. I, I talk about all that's the time. It. I think one of the one of the absolutely key things that's missing from from church and scripture is confessing our sins one to another. Because it says that you might receive prayer and be healed. Healed, yes. And have any of us ever been a part of a church where that was that was actually a the normal part of the community? No, like, like it, you know, no. I remember, like, you remember growing. <laughs> I remember growing up as a kid, though, right? You remember testimony services? My hand is up. Yes, right. Now it was it was a confession service. That's all it Pretty was. Pretty much, somebody would go up there and be like, "Man, last week I was hoeing in the club." You'd That's be right. Like, That's right. <laughs> have you guys seen the video of that lady at the church? Yes. We I know exactly describing like I know exactly everything that she did, and she's like, I was licking on the balls, and the lady snatched the microphone away from her mouth. <laughs> oh, like, those, like those are the kind of services that like that used to happen at my grandmother's church. You know what? And you know why churches don't do it anymore? Because it's people are uncomfortable with it. Yeah, right. and you know why? Because you was doing the same thing, but you won't say it out loud. Thank you. Right. That's why. You know what I'm Thank saying? You. And that's and it's the See, it's that reality. Now we're just meddling. Now we're just meddling. But no, it goes <laughs> but it goes back to the original point of supremacy. I feel like how I'm living is better than how you're living. When how I'm living is still not right. But I ain't gonna tell nobody. Exactly. Or I can't let right. anyone know that how I'm right. living is not the best right. version. Because of what the standard of good is or what that's the right. standard yeah. of the church is. Like there are so many, I, I can guarantee you, like I would almost, I'd almost put a stack on it, right? Yeah. That eight out of 10 Christians you ask how often they pray will lie about it. For sure. Eight out of 10 Christians, right? Like if you ask them, how often do you pray? Oh, I pray. I'd be willing day. to put a stack on nine out of 10. You know, nine out of 10. I was going to say nine out of 10. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It might, I think it might be 10 out of 10. Like, because yeah. even yeah, though yeah, it yeah. Is, like, it's that exaggeration, but it's, there's an expectation like there's almost a trigger when somebody be like, yeah, man, I be reading my Bible. Yeah, I be in mine every day too. Like it's a, res like I didn't even ask you how often you read yeah, your Bible. Right, you yeah. threw it out there. Right. Um, you know something's that up when that happens. It's the expectation of when it is, right? Somebody yeah. say they wake up at 5.30 to pray. All of a sudden you wake up at five. Like, and it's it's just like, it's that com yeah. competing against some-, some All of a sudden that fish was two feet long. <laughs> you know, that's the, the Navy story. Be like, you know- <laughs> Right, right. Into a whale that's from right. the nose of the submarine. <laughs> you didn't do that, player. You didn't, you didn't do that. But it's because there's a standard of, right, of what we expect good yeah. to be. So to your point, Jesse, even though that supremacy is there, like then we start leaning towards it for other reasons, right? Then yeah. we start leaning towards it like, well, 
I can't say that I, I ain't really prayed this week because I've been struggling with stuff because that's me being a bad Christian, not me being honest, uh, right? See, because yeah. it's like being yeah. honest isn't the priority. That's right. Being good in someone else's eyes is right. the priority. That's right. See, right? now we're just like, preaching. Now, we, now we're preaching. That's and right. that's what's dangerous, right? Like we don't, we don't want to be good in the eyes of God. Like we want to be good in the eyes of people and whatever right. standard they're holding us right. to. Right. And like, I find that like in corporate America, right? Like I used to wear suits all the time. And then a minute I, after a while, I'm like, why do I care? Yeah. Like what these people think, like, you don't contribute to my paycheck. You're not my boss. You don't write my performance appraisals. Yeah. But like, I was like the only black executive. I was the youngest executive. So I felt like I had to dress older, you know what I'm saying? So that I like right. fit in with the crowd. But I'm like, why am I trying to match your standard of good? Like, I'm not you. So yeah. like, I'm here. You either accept me for what I am or you can kick rocks. Like, I don't like I need to be honest. <laughs> Because why am I putting energy into being something other than myself, right? And because right. of yeah. those expectations that we're aware of, whether we consciously know it or not, we're always trying to, you know, a lot of times just psychologically, we're trying to mirror, yeah. right, what we think good is and not in a way where we're trying to mirror Christ. And that's why I always tell people that's the thing. in my community and my, and that's why I like, that's why I think I suck every day mm -hmm. because my measure is me compared to Christ. That's it. Right. Not me compared to Roy, who was an atheist. Not mm -hmm. me compared to Roy 10, 15 years ago when I was shooting the people. Not right. me. Like, I'm not comparing myself. Like, I'm comparing myself to Christ. So, like, That's I'm right. always going to come up short. There's always going to be something for me to work on. But always. that's not what people do, right? Some people get to a standard of, you know, and I was telling somebody the other day, for, like, black men, Tommy, like, our standard is be married, don't be in prison, yeah. and have children out of wedlock. And you good. Right. Like, that's good. And then, like, if you're that, people will literally celebrate you mm -hmm. for being not, that's not even, you know what I mean? Like, that's not something to be celebrated. Right. But because the standard is honestly so low for black males because of the way that we're portrayed in the media, like, people, like, want to stand up and give me a standing ovation when I'm right. with my children. That's like, so why is that? Like, oh, that's so you got your kids because you I'm didn't married leave them. Mother. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, I, like, I didn't leave. And, like, right. because... The st what's good is such a low standard, right? So then, like, yeah. so like, I can't just, I just can't exceed people's standards for what I'm supposed to be, because as a black man, that's too easy, right? To be honest, right? It is, right? So, um, and so for me, it's always comparing, like, how am I as a father? How forgiven am I as a father? How graceful am I as a father? How patient am I as a father? How giving am I am as a husband? How sacrificial? am I as a husband, right? Like I tell people all the time, we read through the Bible all the time, but be Those wanting to skip over Jesus 525 on how we supposed to sacrifice for our wives. I said, wives are told to submit. We are the only ones asked to sacrifice. That's right. But why are we always asking our wives to sacrifice something for us? But yeah. that's a whole nother yeah. discussion. Um, <laughs> I, lo I love that because that's like, so that's the only, that's the only supremacy that should exist, right? Is the supremacy of Christ. Yeah. Because like you, you said, know, if we're measuring ourselves against Christ, well, then that's going to negate the ability to create any kind of Yeah, and I don't have time. Right? I don't have time to worry about what Jesse's doing. I ain't got Thank time you. to worry about how often Tommy was praying, right? Or whatever. I'm like, hey, we all short on Jesus. So Thank let's you. all yes. move in this direction. Like Thank if I'm you. looking exactly. at Christ, I don't have I don't have time to do all of this comparison but like, I just, I wrote a spoken word poem today that was like, how do you find time to contemplate? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's so much stuff fed to us all day that we're comparing ourselves to. And then, you know, we got our memories popping up from three years ago. That's reminding us of where we was and what yeah. we were doing. Like when I like what Don't I suck. wind up looking like digitally when I come out of sabbatical <laughs> is going to yeah. be something out of the 1990s. Cause yeah, <laughs> I am so tired of like digital, you know what I mean? Like I like, I want to kind of exist in a different space and I probably will when I come. Are you uh, about to take sabbatical? Yeah, I'm going to go on sabbatical for um, for the month of September. Okay. So I'm going I'm to try to shut everything down because I got a lot of writing and stuff to do and um, it's, it's, it's been a lot. So I need some, I need some rest and my, yeah. my Patreon have told me that I need to go on sabbatical as well. So um, but yeah, man, but it, but yeah, we need to, we just got to be mindful of that, man. Like there's a lot of stuff going on, but we need to be, um, like, like Jesse said, and I love the way he said it. Like the only supremacy we should be striving for is the supremacy of Christ, which means we That's all right. fall short. We all fall That's short. Right. So it's like, all right, we're in a grill. Like, see how we all nodding. That's, That's how right. everybody should be. It was like, That's do right. we all suck? Yep. We That's all right. suck. That's um, right. And so we need to That's be right. better. And I had a, I had a video I posted on YouTube. It was called like, you suck a motivational speech from pastor Roy. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was about. It was yeah. literally yeah. about like the supremacy of Christ is what we should be striving for. Yeah. So that every time you look at that, you should be able to find not, we suck like in a self debasing, self deprecating right. manner, but like, according like, to his standard, area I can approve. Right. Yeah. Like, and I know I've got the spirit of God in me, right? I know I've got something that will equip and comfort and direct me, right? Like it's a part of who I am. So the only reason I'm not progressing is because I'm not trying. Right. Right. Because in some area, like God's going to give me victory and give me more grace and give me more, a greater measure of faith and a greater measure of favor as long as I'm moving. But we For have sure. the choice mm-hmm. to not move. Mm-hmm. We got the choice to turn around and walk in the other direction. That's right. Right. Like that, that is a choice. And I think we've got to, we got to understand that and just advocate in, in, in a heartfelt way, just push for people to say like, look, stop, stop worrying about the dogma. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like get yourself in alignment with Christ and, you know, and, and do the things that he says, right. Be a light, be community, right. Be a point of fellowship for somebody, um, somewhere somebody can come for a conversation or they need somewhere to lay their head because they, you know, something crazy going on at home. Like we're so secluded and isolated, man. I don't I don't get it. Like everybody done been to my house, but I know people yeah. who have had no visitors. Yeah. in like the last year and I'm like, yeah. I'm not even that social of a person, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's a it's an obligation. Right. Like it's an obligation to share my life with people, to be available for people Um and to love on people because because Jesus loves me. That's right. And you know what I'm saying? His schedule is busier than mine. So I got to find time for people as well. You know what I'm saying? So like, but we've gone away from that, man. We've gone away from family dinners and you know what I'm saying? Like we all want to go because we become event based, right? We want to go together at an event, but we're not actually fellowshipping. I'll talk to you at the event. Yeah, for like five minutes. Church on Sunday. Like, minutes. Right. Like, yeah. No, like it's, yeah, it's going to be a short conversation. We did that one time. Actually, we were planning to uh, when the the theaters reopened briefly at some point last year. I can't remember when. <laughs> and uh, and we were gonna we were gonna you know they were doing you know because they wanted they were trying to get any kind of money right so they were doing that thing where you know you can rent out the whole theater for like a yeah. hundred dollars like a right? hundred bucks <laughs> and you know all the youth pastors were like bet <laughs> right, right 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 and so we were gonna rent out the theater and do a movie thing and and uh, you know we do 
we were doing we've done our youth group just like we're going to be planning to do with church now very non-traditional right it's all based upon conversation discussion relationship <clears throat> and so they were all like not interested because they're like we can't talk to each other in the movies yeah, they they're like they didn't even want to do it. You would yeah. think like some young people would would all want to go to see a movie, yeah. get some popcorn and some soda, but no, they were like, "Well, we just want to hang out and talk." See, yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. I guess I'll save that hundred dollars and uh, and we'll just yeah. get some pizza and sit down and talk. So it's like that relationship thing is more important than we than we think it is. But you're right, right? like we have to <clears throat> in some areas in 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 a lot of the prevailing church church culture we have to get back to that um it's been devalued even as i think in people's hearts there's been a greater desire for it yeah but one of the things that i've realized in working with people is they know that something's missing but they don't always know what it is yep um and i think a lot of times it is that like if you talk to them long enough you realize that what they're trying to define is community community is intimacy with other people yeah um and they just they don't even have the words to describe it anymore and uh, And we're not not representing it either right so like and it's and that's the thing like the way that we love one another right so jesus was saying the way that you guys function in community is gonna make people ask like who are these people right like like that. I want to be a part of this, and that's that. you know what I mean. It's like you ever you ever been somewhere and just seen like a real good conversation, and you want to be you like get in that be, joint. I want to be with y'all. Like that's they right. laughing and like that's right. You be leaning, be leaning mm-hmm. in. Like I was at the I was at the um, Denver airport a couple weeks ago, flying back home from my office, and I just you know I mean I just struck up conversations with because I was eating breakfast at the at like the bar. Um, so because there were there was limited seating, and so there's there was a, a, a like a a middle-aged, like two middle-aged white ladies sitting next to me, one to my right, one to my left. And we just started talking about like rude people at the airport and like the sociology of it. And then I started talking about faith. Next thing I knew, like everybody at the bar, like all the way around, like the two waitresses, everybody was in our conversation. Everybody was like, yeah, that's just the, (laughs) and it was like, it was just, and everybody, and everybody spread out like three feet apart at the bar. But people were just like acknowledging and you could tell like people were shocked that they actually were observing a conversation. Right. Right. Cause at first people were like, are they, are they really talking? Cause everybody in the airport, you know what I'm saying? Is Mm -hmm. laptops out, cell phones Mm -hmm. out. I was going to sit down and I was going to watch Superstore. You know what I'm saying? On my phone. (laughs) my earbuds in. My earbuds in. And then I was just like, nah. And the lady looked and kind of nodded. And then I just, I was like, okay, let me engage in a conversation. And so, like, it's just little stuff like that. that. Like you said, like, you think people would want something, but a lot of people just want to talk. That's right. right? Like, everybody's That's been right. wearing a mask, and so people feel like they can't say hello. You can't see my smile. Um, and so there's so much of a desire for community and engagement. That's why these Patreon communities are growing. Mm-hmm. That's why YouTube followings are growing, especially people who go live. Yeah. Right? Like, look at look, Ruslan's channel keep blowing up just because he's available. Yeah, like he's live and you can jump on, make a comment. He'll say something about your comment. But like, that's the new thing now, because now the community is just somewhere where I can speak and people respond and acknowledge, even if it's arguing. So like I'm willing to be in a community where I can talk and engage in a conversation and with a topic because people are so used to being isolated and not be and and I mean and not because they can't you know mm-hmm, what I mean like mm-hmm. they just don't know that that's what they're missing right but you can tell because yeah. like 
there's been a huge surge in the last year, mm-hmm. right? Of yeah. YouTube, YouTube's been live, but you like it's been popping so much on live. YouTube done added new functions and yeah. channel membership and monetizing it because like people are people are going to that. Um, people are really falling into that category, but it's also because people want community, community. right? They want to yeah. have a conversation. They want to feel a part of something. They want to engage. They want to be heard. Um, they want relationship and they don't know that. So like when they're, you know, when they get the shot out or, you know, you do a super chat and somebody say your name, right? Like there, it, it feels like something and people keep chasing yeah. that. Yeah. And what you're really, you really just want a conversation where somebody acknowledges that you exist. Yeah. Yo, this this conversation was blazing. I hope people got a lot out of it um, and have the courage to one of the things Jesse and I always say, have the courage to have these conversations with um, with the pastors in your community, with other people in your community. Um, and this is these are definitely two huge ones to keep on the table, to put on the table, as you said earlier. Um, but. Man, thank you for joining us again. Let everybody know where they can find out more about Pastor Roy Dockery. Um, and not just you, but like your merch. I see all the salty stuff. Uh, your shirts. I'm going to I'm have to get on some of that uh, as well. But let, let, let the folks know where they can uh, find out more about you. Reach out to you if they have any questions. Yeah, um, the easiest thing is just go to RoyDockery.org. So R-O-Y-D-O-C-K-E-R-Y.org. Um, my social media is up up there. The YouTube is up there. Um, the link to our, our merch store. So I have a nonprofit as well that does a lot of outreach, um, feeding the homeless. We got a big event we're doing here in Greensboro tomorrow. So that's where the I'm a Christian hats and the salty hats and the, yeah. the hoodies, 100% of the proceeds from all of our merchandise go directly to my nonprofit. Um, uh, for community activities and all of that stuff, and then yeah, um, my my Patreon community is on um, is on the is on the website as well. Um, and if you know, don't remember the website, just type in Roy Dockery. Um, sure. I'm like the first two pages of Google results. So that's what's up. Um, the only other Roy Dockery was like an Australian war hero. Um, so <laughs> kind of you know, I got the SEO on that. I got the SEO nice. on my name. Right, right. Images man. and all, but yeah, man, that's how they, that's the best way to reach me. They can email me directly from there, and then all of uh, my contact information, content, you know, books, all of that stuff. Is music, you still putting out music? You know what? No, nah, I'm not, but I just dropped something in my Patreon because I have an album I did not release. Got you now. I'm debating on whether or not I'm gonna drop it. So I just I actually just dropped a song to my Patreon community today, and they were like, oh, Pastor Roy still got bars. I'm like, the bars ain't went nowhere now. Bars ain't went nowhere. <laughs> I just been in the pool. The bars ain't going nowhere. I've been trying to swim. I got things I'm trying to do. For I got sure. a power Don't sure. tell me. I don't have time to remind you of my lyrical supremacy. About to push you know some right, my lyrical supremacy. <laughs> like, and Jesse, where can people go if they have uh, episode topics, if they have any hate mail, they have any encouraging mail? If they just want to say, hey, where can they go to find out more about Faith Chair Podcast? Yeah, you guys can always uh, connect with us on social media. The Faith Chair is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, so you just put in the Faith Chair. It's going to come up. Um, I believe it's the one and only. And uh, you can also email us directly at faithchairpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, as we wrap up this conversation, we're talking about supremacy. 
I want to encourage Roy. We'll be praying for you on your sabbatical. For sure. Um, I think it was a book I read by, uh, I think, J.D. Greer. And I reference it in my book. And one of the key things that he said about Sabbath that I had never thought about it, he's like, Sabbath is you stepping away and recognizing that your world still spins without your hands on it. Mm-hmm. And so in that way, it's a way to uh, deconstruct supremacy as well. Like my sure. universe does not require me all the time right. to step back and God will keep, keep things spinning. So that's also, uh, if you get some game. rest and some refocus and, <laughs> and all that good stuff, man. Appreciate that. And that, like you said, so my man, uh, Curtis Zachary wrote a book called rest and it's just on, um, uh, he calls them like Sabbath rhythms. Mm-hmm. And he talks a lot about that rest and sabbaticals and stuff too. But yeah, Curtis Zachary, he's out of, uh, he's out of Nashville, but he wrote a book called, Rest, I think, like Toby Mac, uh, like wrote the intro or something like that. Yeah, um, he, he were he's in the contemporary Christian um, space, but that's a good, that's a really good book as well, man. So I need, I already read it. I just need to apply it. So, right, uh, right. <laughs> that's what we got to do with all of the stuff that we, Absolutely. all the information, application right. plus um, information plus application equals transformation. Um, I got that from. A church I was at in New York, I never forgot it because it's like yeah, we get a lot of information, but w- what we don't do is apply it, and therefore yep, the transformation yeah. never yep. comes. Applied, so. applied, applied knowledge is wisdom. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yo, this was dope, and we went way past the time we were supposed to go. <laughs> but I feel like that—that's what would always happen. Um, just uh, hanging out with you, appreciate you again. For coming on, hanging out with Jesse and I. Thank you so much, brother. We love you. And um, hope you have a great rest of the day. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Yeah. I'll be blessed. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And one more time, here's the full song, It's Yours, by our own Tommy Niblack. And you can listen to it anytime on SoundCloud under River Worship. Enjoy, and we'll see you next week.
Tell them you can have my heart. 